0: Before we get started today, I wanna thank everyone who wrote a testimonial for my website. Those of you who wrote testimonials had some really kind and encouraging things to say, and I'm really deeply grateful. As most of you know, I'm doing audio production full-time now, And I'm going to be launching my personal website to promote that business and I'm collecting testimonials So if you haven't written me a testimonial yet, I do really need some more So if you have a couple minutes and you've enjoyed the audio production and my voice on the messy studio podcast for the last few years Please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and fill out the contact form Good testimonials are going to be vital to my business taking off. So thank you once again to everyone who's already written one on with the show Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about overworking. Artists are often cautioned not to overwork their pieces, especially when the medium is drawing or painting. This advice is meant to prevent work that is too fussy or refined, or otherwise lacking energy but many artists place importance on fine-tuning their work and on paying close attention to detail. The art world advice against overworking may not apply to everyone's approach. Today, we'll take a closer look at how this advice can sometimes get in the way of creating your best work. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll.
1: Hello, everyone. So, lots of times, um, I hear my students and other artists um talk about this fear of overworking. and it seems to me that anytime there's a fear that uh, is out there and we we can't really put our finger on what it is, define it, understand it or whatever, uh, then it's time to take a closer look at it and not just accept it as some given standard or rule, um, and just, you know, something that gets repeated a lot, but what does it actually mean? And, you know, Is it a really important issue? And if so, what exactly does it mean? And if you just have this sort of generalized fear of overworking your painting, um, is that uh, maybe standing in the way somehow of uh, pushing your work? And if it is a true issue, and in some cases I definitely think it is, uh, can it be clarified so we can put some boundaries around it and not let it just be this sort of pervasive thing that isn't really <laughs> understood? Um, I don't know. I just feel like art is so individualized that these kind of blanket ideas can be a problem, although at times useful. So it's just a matter of kind of, okay, uh, when is this a good a good idea to i be concerned with and when can you kind of let it go? And it, it does tie in with um, uh, something that came up when we talked about, uh, we had a podcast about when is a work finished? And that was um, episode 162. And in that one, um, you know, I brought up this thing that often people say to artists, like maybe it's their instructor, or maybe it's a friend or something. And you say to somebody who's working, "Hey, you know, don't touch that. It's done." And you know the message is, you know, stop. Don't overwork it. And usually that's very well intentioned, you know. Said it, it, but you know, where does it come from? But the idea of you're going to wreck it if you go past the certain perceived point of doneness, and it's perceived on the part of the person. That's telling the artist that. Um, but, you know, then I say, but what's done? That has to be the artist's decision or a vision. And um, well, and there are types
0: of working where that is very valid advice. Yes. Um, and that's going to depend on whether this work is more gestural or um what what materials you're using watercolors tend to get kind of muddy exactly um, Clay is oftentimes not very forgiving in terms of of overworking a surface, although there are styles of using any type of material that can be far more intricate and require far more attention to detail
1: yeah, very true and and I I think in terms of um, technical aspects that there are definitely some things where overworking comes into play and you mentioned um certain media uh watercolor or certain types of drawing media that you can't really erase and um right charcoal mm-hmm. and you know with anything where there's sort of a linear path where uh you're going start to finish and if you try to backtrack and you try to rework um it probably isn't going to work and so that's you know that's something to say right up front that in terms of the medium there are definitely those that have to be controlled from the beginning but that's you know that's kind of my point here too is that this is a this is a word that gets used very generally and yes there really are times when it's important and there are other times when it's really not but it gets sort of put out there as a criticism or a warning um that sometimes it just kind of accept it as um oh no I don't want to do that without really thinking maybe that maybe that doesn't a- apply <laughs> and this this thing with people telling you stop uh, even if you're working in say oil paint where you you know you can continue on more or less indefinitely they say stop you're done don't touch it what's the message there really is that um you know don't wreck it and I just feel like unless we as artists test the boundaries of what is done then we don't discover uh we don't discover new territory and we don't learn how to control the medium because part of learning to control the medium is having those times when you know you realize oh I really shouldn't have you know added another layer of color to my watercolor <laughs> it's just okay now I get it but you don't learn by somebody just telling you to stop um so so that's kind of what got me thinking about it and that it, it's come up in class um, with other people and I thought well I, I would like to sort of focus on the media that you really can you know keep working and there really isn't a technical reason why you have to not go back into something um, and to kind of you know separate that out um, so This kind of general use of the word um, is, um, I don't know, it seems to be applied in different ways, sometimes to a technique, sometimes more to an aspect of style. And you mentioned this kind of gestural work, uh, sometimes to kind of a more general attitude about process. (laughs) So, anyway, that's why I thought it'd be interesting to look at it a, a little bit closer and look at some of the ways that it gets used and kind of argue with it a little bit i guess
0: (laughs) i wonder if this is one of those kind of axioms that gets taught early on because people tend to learn on these more quick gestural techniques Mm -hmm. um before moving into something that's a little bit more involved and it's just something that gets carried over from those that never really gets questioned yeah
1: and and the aspect of questioning it i think that's that's really the point you know when does it apply when does it not apply um and there is there's always uh you know when you're learning a medium, there is an emphasis on this sort of fluency idea, like um you do i mean ideally you do want to get to a point with your medium where you don't have to fuss with it as much you it'll do what you want it to do, but that doesn't mean that you always know where you're going with something, and that's uh that's one of the things that struck me about this term um because there's sort of tied in with process-oriented work. It almost seems like a criticism of it in a way, but also an endorsement. So I'll explain that because the more I thought about it, it seemed quite strange. Um, So one way that it's used is um, you say you might be criticized for overworking and somebody said, well, you didn't really plan this out. And so you have to work it out as you go and you know, you're making a mess. I've seen this advice online, actually, with probably with more representational type of work, but saying, you know, unless you really know where you're going to end up here, you're going to be messing around a lot, and you're going to you're going to kill it, you know. Um, but at the same time, um, there's this aspect of spontaneity, like you were mentioning with gestural stuff. Um, people say, well, don't overwork that because you want to keep that that really fresh look. Like, don't kill your service by going back over it don't overthink your work. <laughs> so it's like, okay, this is going both ways. Um, some people are saying, well, um, th- plan it all out so that you can just go at it from beginning to end and you won't have to do any changes. And some people are saying, well, just be very spontaneous and let it stay you know, fresh and right. And it's really kind of an unreal standard. I mean, if you actually did Know exactly what you were doing at all times, yes, okay, you could probably do that, <laughs> just get it right the first time, right um and it and it also like we did mention, there are some media where it is more important to know what you want, and you don't get to go back into it um but with the you know a lot of things like acrylic oil painting, certain drawing media. What is part of it's it's process oriented work so that this kind of searching out that's part of the process and um you don't want to give that up and so you're there's going to be some evidence of your searching in the work is that overworking I don't know I mean some people might say that if they looked at a a drawing and they saw that part of it had been erased and gone over you know but I kind of like that. I like to see that the person was was um the artist was looking for something and then they found it, you know. That's interesting to me. <laughs> um and it can create a history in your work if you have a lot of layers in your painting or something. So I suppose it kind of goes back to that uh another topic we've talked about the kind of um the rhythm of working spontaneously and then stepping back, analyzing, saying, okay, what do I want to do now? When you find a rhythm that works for you, I think that's right. And and somebody else might say, well, you shouldn't keep going back into it, um, but maybe that's what your work is about. <laughs> so um, I I guess another time I, I hear the word used is... Um, A kind of as a kind of objection to refinement or uh, perfectionism, if you will, and people will say, "Well, you know, overworking means you're being compulsive, or it means you're being perfectionistic, or you know, you're never satisfied. It's overly refined, and and it gets back to this thing of well, keep it fresh, keep it lively, Um, but that's not everybody's style, you know. If it is, then." then that's a concern. But maybe your work is complex, layered, subtle, detailed, something, you know, and it's not that spontaneous kind of work. So it's it's a stylistic standard. But because it's one of those words, you know, it can bug people. It's one of those art rules, quote-unquote rules, that gets in people's minds. And they sometimes question, um, when they are being more concerned about refinement or his little tweaks and things that that really help a work come together. And, you know, that voice in their head saying, don't overwork it, don't overwork it. And uh, that's where I think it's a problem because everybody's trying to find their way to the end of a painting and people are so different in how they get there.
0: Yeah, and if you don't have a... A vision of perfection then it is hard to tell when exactly something is done um, if, if if you're if your work is shooting for as a, you know perfect symmetry or perfect um, a representation then it's it's fairly easy to see when something has reached that point and when there isn't that representational depiction or um, a, a sense of uh, perfection in terms of sy- symmetry or the way that um, things are oriented, mm-hmm. then it's not obvious when something is done, and it's so we we get to this point where whether something is overworked or not overworked is is very hard to determine, and that's something that that is subjective, and it's something that the artist can only find out by stepping a toe over the line.
1: Yeah, I mean you you sort of work out for yourself. Um... What that is, and you know, in my own work, I can sometimes see where I have killed something. You know, I've you get up close to a painting and you work on it for two hours and you're lost in every little detail, and you step back and it's like, oh, actually, I kind of lost the bigger idea. You know, (laughs) Um, and it's not that I, you know, I personally recognize that at different stages of my work, but with oil paint and other medium that, media that you can go back into or go over, you can fix that stuff. You know, it's just like, it's a stage, okay. Um, a lot of times in teaching, um, painting with oil and cold wax, we talk about this kind of cycle of order and chaos, right? So um, sometimes things do become too orderly and too refined and too solid. And then we just introduce a little chaos and, you know, go back into it. and. So it's this cycle, and then eventually you retain the energy of the chaos, but at least in the, my way of working, retain some of that energy of chaos, but add a lot of refinement, a lot of subtlety at the end that is important. It's important to my own personal way of working. Um, and it. I'd say there are times, even if you know what you're doing in terms of your style and, and how you work. There still are times when you might want to challenge yourself um, to be more spontaneous or fresh. Because working, maybe working in a different medium that encourages that, you can learn from that for sure. I mean that that type of work where you don't fuss with it really teaches you something. And I think it's why one of the reasons I like to do works on paper in addition to my more developed oil paintings. It, it you know It's practice, it's discipline in putting something down and knowing that you really can't change it. Um, and maybe sometimes you push yourself that way. And I don't know, I push myself that way with color too, because my tendency is to mute color and earth color. And sometimes I want more saturated color. So I do have to tell myself, don't muddy that color Step away from it, but that's a really specific intention for a specific thing that I'm trying to do, and it's not just that kind of uh, one size all one size fits all rule. You know, <laughs> uh, I can say at this point I want that spontaneity, I want that freshness. I'm going to step away, um, but yeah, overall, I don't I don't worry about that term overworking. Because I think it it leads to uh, pulling back. It leads to uh, you know not pushing yourself and saying, okay, good enough. I'm going to settle here. It's done. I don't want to overwork it. Um, but sometimes, depending on what you're after, you have to go back into it to make it better. Um, because there are a lot of these little kind of little tweak things that you can do to improve it. And if, you, if there's like this line in the sand you don't want to cross, oh, no, now I'm going to overwork, then your work may not grow. It may not get to where you really want it to go.
0: Real quick, it's time for an update on the latest news from Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and her partner, Jerry McLaughlin, are now well into their second quarter of weekly live sessions for their members, in which they explore three-minute topics in deep, interrelated and engaging ways. This quarter, those topics are texture, layering, and writing and talking about your work. Weekly sessions include discussion, side presentations, videos, critiques, special guests, and the opportunity to ask questions during the session. Cold Wax Academy members have access to all past sessions, which are recorded each week. So if you're hesitating to join mid-quarter, no worries about missing out. There is plenty for you to explore, and you can watch previous sessions on your own schedule. Jerry and Rebecca offer a trial month at the core level for only $29.99. So visit coldwaxacademy.com and click on Memberships for more information. That's coldwaxacademy.com and click on Memberships. All right, let's get back into it.
1: You know, and you mentioned, we mentioned perfectionism a little bit earlier. Actually, I think this kind of um, uh, fear of overworking can make you anxious in terms of perfectionism because you think you don't get another chance to make it right, you know? And so it can really kind of freeze people up and think, oh, I have to do it once and leave it, you know, (laughs) instead of. I'll try this if it doesn't work, I'll try something else, <laughs> which is much more freeing and open ended and I just feel like it can tighten people up if they're too worried about this um and and maybe maybe being um afraid to pursue a style that is more refined or more complex or uh full of detail um because they think oh, that's not the way to paint or that's not the way to draw. So um, anyway, I think just to sort of challenge, does is this, is this apply to your work and how does it apply to your work? Because I'm not, I don't want to throw the whole thing out. You know, I think sometimes there are situations where that kind of um, precaution against overwork is useful and that that's more like, technical stuff, the technical aspects of your medium that we were talking about earlier. Yes, wet paint can get muddy. <laughs> if you keep adding color to a wet painting, you can lose it, I mean, you can lose the color. Um, maybe you're working with collage and you keep adding more and more, and pretty soon the surface is so thick that you're just fighting it, um, or you're adding more and more texture of some kind. and. So the I just think that those things are um have to do with how uh, how well you're handling the medium, how well you understand it. And the more experienced you are, you know how to avoid those situations or you kind of know how to fix them. So like with if your paint starts to get muddy, you just let it set up, you know, and then you can create a fresh surface on top of that or um you know, I mentioned in my own work sometimes the surface gets it gets just kind of closed in. It's not open enough, and so I'll go into it with scraping or solvents, um, and I open it up again. And I, I did. I wasn't really backed into a corner, which I think is the fear. Like, oh, I've gone too far. I can't rescue it. <laughs> but sometimes those rescue operations really create some very beautiful effects because you're revealing what's underneath there that you have kind of covered it up. Um, and it this idea, like I said earlier, of creating some kind of history, um, you may have an area that does become kind of blurry or messy, but um, once you either, depending on the medium, but say with oil paint, if you go back into it, there's these little ghosts of things that happened before that actually add a lot of interest and depth to your surface. Um, something like acrylic, is that's not as open. You can't really go back into it in the same way, but you can build over it very easily um, and leave little traces uh, where you're not completely paving it over with paint. You're just letting little bits come through. And that is really um, a really energized surface then. So um, anyway, I don't want to deny that there is such a thing as overworking. Yes, there is. Um, But... There's also the aspect of it that has to do with kind of mindset or um, emotional, mental issues. And so this I'm shifting a little bit away from that really technical stuff where um, don't touch it kind of thing. But there is a bigger issue of overworking that's more like your state of mind, I guess. Um, and it gets back to that, uh, how, how do you keep working on something uh, to get it right and not get really burned out and frustrated and and if you want to get it right. And, and how can you know that it's time to keep going? And these are bigger, harder issues. <laughs> um, because when you get to the point of being really frustrated and tired of something, you really aren't giving it your best anymore. Um, and you can make a mess, at least a temporary mess. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes
0: you need to come back and look at it later with fresh eyes.
1: I think walking away from it is, is very smart. And in myself, I know that I can, I can identify the feeling inside of me when I start to get compulsive, you know, I say, I've been working on this one little corner of the painting for an hour or something. Um, I am frustrated. I fail to see what I'm doing anymore. Nothing is working. Um, And, you know, that's a type of overworking because you've really gone over the edge. I mean, you you can't see it anymore. And what you're saying, yeah, you just need to get a fresh look at it. So there's different ways of doing that. And certainly walking away from it is a big one. Um, When you feel that obsession coming over you. I'm sure I'm not alone in that um, it's it's like it is perfectionism I suppose I have to get this right and I have to get it right now. <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, you can get it right tomorrow and maybe you either leave the studio or you just have something else and it's one of the great reasons to have different things going on and I know you've mentioned Ross in the past that you like to have, more than one project going on, and you work on something for a little while or enough to accomplish something, and then, okay, putting that aside now, something else, um, keeps you energized, keeps you fresh, and avoids that pit of (laughs) picky, 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 But I will say, you know, if you're still engaged in something, you're still interested in something, and you want to go on, and you feel like that calm, kind of focused, in the zone kind of feeling, you know, there's no reason not to keep going. Um, I feel like when you're in that state of mind, that's when you're really learning something. You're really growing, and you're doing good things, um, and you're working through something. And it could go on for hours, but it still seems important. Uh, to keep going.
0: Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode?
1: Yeah, I think maybe thinking of reworking rather than overworking is maybe a more positive spin, um, because at least in a lot of the media that we're talking about here, reworking is entirely possible and beneficial. Um it may be those- And necessary to push yourself. Yes. And it may be those little tweaks. I always feel like the little tweaks, the little changes that you make in the end where when you've gone past the point where somebody might've said, stop, you're done, uh, but you see these little things that you want to change, that makes your work less generic. That makes your work more you, right? More personal. Because you say, this little part here, I need more red. Uh, I'm going to do that. And there's the, little changes. And I, I will also say I've wrecked and quote, unquote, wrecked plenty of things at that stage in the process um, of saying, I want to change this or that. One little change leads to another. Pretty soon I'm back somewhere in the middle of some of things. But frequently when I rework things, they do become better. Not always. I mean I think you have to accept that sometimes you you do lose something.
0: It's it's a gamble for sure but it's those little extra things are the difference between good work and
1: great work. I agree. And I I think you have to be willing to rework if your medium allows it. And so that's reworking rather than overworking I think is a is a good way to phrase it. Um overworking is just one more of these art terms that every now and then we like to discuss that gets used a lot, but without a lot of explanation. It's just sort of this blanket prohibition that gets thrown out there uh, based on assumptions that may or may not be true for your own way of working or what you want for your work. So anyway, I guess as a wrap up, I would say, I hope that if we've done something today, it's to kind of question whether this term means anything to you, what it means, um, how you would define it in your own way in terms of your own work. and recognize that at times it's helpful, but it's not something to be uh, to be sort of afraid of to go into that zone and figure out, well, what does that actually mean?
0: All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccakroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your
1: creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.